Hello and welcome to our latest episode where we're diving into the dynamic world of LinkedIn and digital branding for women over 40. I'm thrilled to have uh, Karen Jankovic with us today, a renowned LinkedIn strategist and a champion for women's empowerment in the digital space. In today's conversation, we'll uncover why women over 40 need distinct strategies on LinkedIn and how they can harness this platform to amplify their professional presence. Whether you're looking to revamp your digital identity or seeking tips to enhance your online influence, this episode is packed with insights tailored just for you. Let's get started and learn from the expertise of the LinkedIn queen herself, Karen Jankovic. Welcome to the show. Johnny, thank you so much for having me here. My favorite topic. It's an absolute pleasure. One of the things that I wanted to sort of dive into really quickly is why are we uh, focusing on women and over the age of 40? Because surely this is the same strategies, the same techniques for anyone trying to build a brand, trying to uh, break uh, break through brand awareness. What? Why are we focusing on women over 40? Well, it's true that it is. The strategies are very similar. The end, and I don't particularly care what your body parts are, or how you identify when, when, when we bring you into my programs or my podcast. But I think that as women, um, as you know, every decade that goes by, we re sometimes we find ourselves reinventing ourselves, right? And we bring all this expertise to this next chapter. And maybe also a little imposter syndrome because we've never been this person before. So for me, I think women need to feel more included. I'm not really excluding men or even younger women. I really want more women to feel more included using the strategies that I teach, LinkedIn and PR, the solid relationship building strategies. Who are the people you need to have on your calendar? Not how many eyes you're getting on a post, right? Who's on your calendar? I think women need to feel more included in this and more confident around this. And as much as I love to talk to people about, especially women, about the strategies around all of this, there's a huge mindset component to this too. We really need to elevate our 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 vibe to to kind of show up in the way that we want to show up in the world. So that's where that's why I put my focus there. I think that's you know, I just think personally that when more women have more money, things change in the world. So that's my goal. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um so uh, you have your own podcast as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my podcast is called Good Girls Get Rich and the name of the podcast really the, 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 the story behind the name really is, you know, so many women feel that because I'm really good at this, I, I, I can't charge for it. Everybody can do this, which is not true. I want you to like clearly identify what you're good at, be really, you know, like, like do what you love doing and then build your business from there. And that's where the abundance comes in. When we are solid in knowing what our comfort zone is and where our zone of genius is and then expand from there we can do we can do that and somehow sometimes we think it has to be hard it doesn't have to be hard we can be doing what we love to do and that's where we bring more abundance into the world into our world so in terms of um linkedin as a platform do, what's the what do you think the misconception you, you know you obviously spend a lot of time with uh, yeah. uh women over the age of 40 what's typically the misconception about linkedin you know, that it is corporate, it's too left-brained, that it, you know, it's not for me, and or or even even more prevalent now is it's all full of spam. 
right? It's just full of spam. It's just all, all people do on LinkedIn is spam. And the reality is, you know, all of that can be true. And there can be other things that are true, which is, you know, yeah, it, it is more corporate, but here's the deal. That's what everybody there is a buyer. There's a, the, the, the um, average income level is higher on LinkedIn. You don't have to worry about talking a business like you do on your Facebook page or on other platforms. It's all business, right? We, we're, it's okay to talk about your business and what you do. Um, you know, is it full of spam? Sure. But it's also, I refer to LinkedIn as my money tree. And if I like didn't, I, those, the spam is the weeds, right? Just pull them out, discard them and water your money tree. Do some outreach, like just build relationships. Don't abandon your money tree because there's a couple of weeds. Well, I mean, interestingly, I get 30% of my business from LinkedIn. So I fully get what you're saying. Uh, what's the, what, you know, for, so, so for someone that perhaps doesn't feel uh, comfortable with LinkedIn, um, but sort of knows that they should be doing something, where, where should they be starting then? And what's the, the things that they should be considering? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I just want to remind you that on LinkedIn, we want to be thinking at our, about our biggest ticket opportunities. You know, I, I went to a, a networking meeting, a women's in business networking meeting a couple months ago, and it was People, I knew some of the people in the meeting. I had previously lived in this area and just recently moved back. So I'm like, I'm going to go to this meeting. I'll know some people. And when they went around the room and asked everybody, how can we support you? One after another, after another, they said, well, I am a coach and I want a coaching client. Or I sell pens. So who do you know that needs a pen? Every single woman said the same thing. And what I want to hear them saying is, I sell pens. Who do you know that has a chain of stationary stores that might need a thousand of my pens? right? That's what we use LinkedIn for. So, so remember that you're not going on LinkedIn to sell one pen at a time. You're looking for your biggest ticket opportunities. And then who are the people you need to have on your calendar to, to land those contracts? And that is very simply what you, what, what, where LinkedIn shines. It's not about spamming people. It's not about trying to get people to, you know, buy, like just constantly buy your stuff. It's about having conversations like, here's what I do. Who do you know? Right. Collaborative conversations, meeting partners that might be able to introduce you to 10 people or 20 people and building actual relationships. You know, the, the, I think when we, when the world went virtual um, a few years ago, it got so noisy and we were all like scrambling. How do you out noise the noise, right? How do you get your stuff at the, the in front of eyes? And what I think happened was people just started shutting it down. Nobody's seeing it anymore. Where the, where business is happening now is in this relationship space, at least from what I can see. Um, or I should say it is still happening there, right? It's still people buy from other people. And if you think about who you need to talk to, to sell your highest ticket opportunities and then have a strategy on LinkedIn to fill your calendar full of those people, you are going to have a profitable business. Well, you've mentioned fill your calendar a few times. You're talking about using LinkedIn to ultimately book perhaps virtual coffees or face-to-face or -face coffees or, or exactly. that's the sort of thing you're talking. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like, I like to, I like there to be when I'm, when I am working with people on relationship building on LinkedIn, to build it in a more robust way, I, there's three categories of relationships that I want to see you building. One, of course, might be who who's interested in your stuff, right? Of course, we want to build relationships with people that might be potential clients for us. But that's not really where I focus. I like the other two categories. That's where the, the wealth building comes from the other two categories. The middle category being who else serves that audience, 
right? Who else serves that audience? And having those collaboration conversations, you know, um, maybe they'll send out an email for you or they'll put you on a LinkedIn Live or and introduce you to their audience. You get to you get to borrow their credibility a little bit, and and it doesn't have to be in massive numbers, right? It, it doesn't you're not you're not really looking for like Tony Robbins to feature you, even sometimes the smaller ones if they can fill a room full of eight people, but they have credibility with those eight people, you might walk away with two clients, right? So so thinking about that, who's that? Who else has an audience of people that serves? similar that are similar to the audience that you want to reach and then the third category and this is the category that everybody overlooks and that are journalists who are the journalists and the podcast hosts and the bloggers that write about the things that you're expert in and are you building relationships with them the the credibility that that you get when you're, you know, things like this conversation right here. There might be somebody watching today that know you, Johnny, but don't know me. And they're like, well, if Johnny thinks she's worthy of my time, let me check her out. If I met that same person, you know, at a grocery store, they wouldn't have any need to, any reason to, to check me out any further, right? So when you fill your network full of the kinds of people that can help you build credibility, things change fast. And, and that imposter syndrome we talked a little bit about, that this helps with that too, because now you're getting seen as an expert. You're building your thought leader platform legitimately, not just by cranking out tons and tons of content and exhausting yourself with posts. You're legitimately building your thought leader platform. Um, and it, and it's just, a, it's, it sounds like a lot, but if you just narrow it down and say, what if I have three or five calls on my calendar each week with a few people in each of those categories, your business is going to skyrocket. It can be done in a simple way. It doesn't have to be complicated. So so I want to get into how you're going to actually get three or five calendar mm -hmm. appointments a week. Um, I also want to talk about uh, imposter syndrome a tiny bit more. I should just uh, remind people that are watching or listening, thank you for being here, by the way. Uh, this is the Johnny Ross Fractional CMO podcast. Uh, we are live right now, but you might be listening on the podcast, so thank you very much indeed. If you've got any comments you want to ask uh, Karen anything, please do. We can either answer live or we can answer afterwards, uh, but it's brilliant that you're here so thank you the now then imposter syndrome uh, it's quite common uh in well i know even with men as well but particularly with women over 40 50 even 60 even they've got a wealth of experience but perhaps they've you know they've they've been uh taken some time out uh spent it with the family and then decided to come back into work tell me more about uh how they feel and and how they over how they should overcome imposter syndrome yeah well you know i mean I, I would i would imagine there's very few people listening to this right now that can't relate to this you're watching something on tv and there's an expert up there talking and you're like that person's an idiot like i know so much more than they know right like i can be doing that why am i not doing that right i know that that's happened to probably everybody that's listening right now at least one time um they're there because they went after it right they nobody's knocked on their door and said hey come be on my tv show right so it's a very, it, it, you know, I incorporate mindset into every single thing I do. And I don't incorporate mindset because, and I love identity work, right? But you're, you're moving, you're stepping into a new identity. If you've been, if you were like, if you had a job, you know, with one title and then you, you know, maybe you took a little bit of a break to be with your kids, or maybe you decided to leave corporate and you're going into out on your own as a consultant. You've never been that person before. How could you possibly know how to do it confidently, right? Like, so, so cut yourself a little bit of a break. Understand that the, the reason people like me build mindset and identity work into the work that they do is because it's, it, we all need it. 
We all need it. When you go from a $100,000 a year business owner to a quarter million dollar a year business owner, that's a new identity. There's more work that needs to be done. You know, when, and, and if I'm saying to you, I want you to show up as if your peers with the most influential people in your industry, and I want you to get them on your calendar, you know, you're going to be like, what? Why would they want to talk to me? Why wouldn't they want to talk to you? You know, there was a conversation recently in a Facebook group that I'd been in a really long time. And it was somebody had reached out to somebody on LinkedIn. And it was somebody very prestigious that reached out and was like, this person reached out. What should I do? And everybody said, oh, it's probably just a dialer. It's probably an auto dialer. Just ignore it. I was like, hell no. I don't want you to ignore it. I want you to step into that. I want you to reach out and say, so nice to meet you. I'm a fan of your work. I, you know, it's so great to be connected here. I'd love to know more, like dive in, use that as the, they started the conversation, right? But we're so, we're so, our immediate reaction is so, well, they must not have really meant that, right? And I want you to be like, well, what if they did, right? And that's where, that's where the, the success starts to happen. When you start to say, what's the worst thing that can happen? Maybe they never respond to you, right? Maybe they ignore you. Maybe it was a auto, you know, an auto thing and they never respond to you. So what, right? But maybe the next person will, and maybe it's the universe kind of opening up these doors for you. So, so imposter syndrome is just systemic. We can either just shrink into the corner or we can say, all right, let me give it a shot. Right. So, so I think we need to do it together. And I, you know, everything that I do has a, like a community component or a, a really heavy support component, because I think that, you know, sometimes you need somebody behind you going, give it a shot. Right. Why not? Um, that's who I want you to surround yourself with. And that's, you know, that's what you can, you and that's a choice you get to make. Right. So it's okay to have imposter syndrome. I believe everybody probably has some level of imposter syndrome. If you don't, you know, there that that's somebody that I would stay away from more than somebody that is a little afraid to, you know, has it takes a little courage to take that next step. So you talked about uh, three types of audiences on LinkedIn. You've got the people that you sort of directly want to sell to. You've got the people that are already selling to those people, and you've got the whole PR opportunity of building that credibility through. Yeah. Um, uh, as you said, LinkedIn lives or uh, podcasts or blogs or articles or, or the media, all sorts of different mm -hmm. things. How do what what's the sort of steps that someone should be taking in terms of um, how to use LinkedIn? What are the strategies that they should be yeah. using? Yeah, right at the beginning. What what are the things yeah. they should be doing? So first of all, there's almost never almost never a reason for it to be cold outreach. Never a reason to be cold outreach. You know, I'll, I, I'm thinking as you were talking about that, I'm thinking of a client that I have that's a real estate agent um, on the West Coast of the United States and has a great link. Because by the way, this works best when you take the time to do a great LinkedIn profile. You need to look worthy of these people's time, right? And that's on you. So you have to have a, and, and nobody really cares that you're the CEO. They know, they want to know what's in it for them. So you want to have a profile that kind of really positions you as that thought leader, right? So, so this client of mine um, in real estate saw an article that was written on NBCnews.com about real estate. So instead of just sharing the article and talking about the article, they shared the article, talked about the article and tagged the journalist and connected with the journalist. Right. And said, you know, hey, Mary, just saw your article. Love what you talk about. This, this, this. Not enough people are talking about that. I'd love to be connected to you here on LinkedIn. And you might you're going to see I tagged you all over the place on this article. Right. So provided value. So was this a cold outreach? Absolutely. Mary had no idea who my client was, but my client provided value. 
right, to her by saying, hey, I'm going to share this article. What journalist, I mean, you have a podcast. Do you wake up every morning with people sharing it and tagging you all over the place? Like, I wish that happened, right? We remember <laughs> when that If happens. only, Karen, if only that yeah, We remember when that happens. So, <laughs> so, of course, the journalist thanked them and, and a week later reached out and said, hey, I'm writing another article. Can I ask you a few questions? Because remember, they looked great. They had a great profile. Turned into a full page article on NBCnews.com just featuring my client. Right. So now, okay, it's seen by 65 million people. So that it happened that quickly in one week in this cold, you know, with a cold kind of opportunity. And, you know, I don't know that necessarily brings in a lot of business directly, but here's what happens. Now my realtor client can use as seen on NBC. No other real estate agent in their community can do that. When they go after a listing appointment, that listing appointment, you know, when they're they're asking questions and they say, well, they drop the article on the table and say, well, when I was NBC News' housing price specialist, right, um, that you don't lose business that way, right? So it can happen as simple as, simple as that. And all I would do was providing value. So, you know, again, I have a podcast. I get a ton of podcast pitches. I don't necessarily, I mean, I look at them, but I very rarely use them because to me, I don't really know these people, but if somebody takes the time to listen to my show, share it on social media, tag me in it and say, love this episode, you know, and by the way, you guys, if you want to be on Johnny's show or my show, do that right now to this show, right? <laughs> share it with your audience. We will remember that. And then, you know, we'll check you out. And if at some point down the road, you want to be a guest, you're going to have a much better shot of that happening because you took the time to provide value before you just started pitching yourself. So you can take that example across all journalists, the, the whole PR spectrum. Um, that middle category, there's just no end of opportunities. Like, you know, we all belong to, or many of us belong to organizations, right? It could be as simple as a Facebook group that you're in, right? Who, if the Facebook group is full of your ideal clients, who runs that Facebook group? Maybe go to them on LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm a member of your group. I love that group. You know, um, I'd love to be connected to you here, right? You're not pitching them yet. You're just saying, I think there might be opportunities to collaborate. Go to the, you know, join an organization. Join, like here in the United States, we've got National Association of Women Business Owners. And then there's state, state, and sometimes there's even more than one subgroup within the states. Join those organizations. Open up the directory. Don't pitch, don't reach out to everyone in the directory, but cherry pick, right? Hey, I just joined the, I just joined this association. Um, I see that you are a member in the association. I think our audience seem like they might be similar. I'd love to hear, I'd love to connect and hear how are you leveraging this? You know, how are you leveraging this organization? How can we, you know, how can I best use this? Reach out to the people that run the organization and say, hey, I just became a member. How can I best leverage this, right? Maybe they'll get you some, some visibility, right? So you can, you can also kind of meld the first two categories that who might be a client and who might be a partner by kind of mining those directories and saying, reaching out to people that you think might be a good client, but the outreach is, Hey, I'm a new member of this blah, 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 chamber of commerce. Um, I really like, I came across you. It looks like you've been a member for a while there. I really like what you're doing. I'd love to connect with you here. You know, and then just start by connecting. And, you know, Johnny, sometimes somebody might say, well, what do you want? Right. And that's OK. Let them go. They're not your people. You're going to find opportunities to, to start conversations. So so take that example. Like you go to conferences. Are you connecting with all the speakers? Are, you know, are you telling them that you want to watch? You're looking forward to going to the conference. Are you writing them a recommendation after the conference? Right. Like these are this is what I mean by like just be but be really intentional about who these people are. I have one 
client that I'm working with right now, she, um, I'm not going to name names because it's imminent. It's coming out imminently, but she wants to work with, I'm just, let's just say HR directors. That's not exactly who she works with, but HR directors. And you know, like we're like, how do we get to them? Well, what she decided to do was create a white paper and she took, so her, her average sale is about $50,000, right? So she's looking for corporate contracts in the $50,000 range. So she took a month or two to come up with a topic, reach out to like 50 different HR directors that she wants to be, they, she wants them to be her client, mm -hmm. but she reached out and said, I'm looking for feedback on this topic. Can I interview you? She did some interviews. She's got some video interviews, some audio interviews, some text interviews. Her white paper's about to be published, right? And now she's gonna do more outreach and say, all right, let's talk. How can we get this in front of as many hands as possible? But ultimately, you know, if four of those people you know, say, yeah, I want to hear more about your services. That's $200,000, right? So, so it's about diving deep and creating sometimes these opportunities. So it's not, oh, it's not just about spamming, spamming, spamming. It's about thinking outside the box, getting creative and building actual relationships with the kinds of people that you think can bring um, more wealth into your world. I, I love the idea of, um, uh speaking to speakers uh, mm -hmm. uh, at a conference giving them recommendations afterwards tagging them uh during and, and pre and yep. post all of that sort of stuff and it, and and you know i'm not not trying to be um i'm, I'm certainly not trying to be big-headed but but to me that's natural stuff that i've always done but very few people do it very few people do it Johnny, I speak about LinkedIn at conferences. Typically I bring, so, so I have, so there's a donut, Dunkin' Donut chain here in the U S I have $5 Dunkin' Donut gift cards. I have a stack of them and I give them away at a conference to anybody who's connected with me on LinkedIn beforehand. I am not going to go broke giving away these gift cards. Yeah, it yeah, almost yeah. never happens. It almost never happens. And, and you know what? And I speak on LinkedIn. You think that that would be a natural, right? It almost never happens. And yeah. You know, the you're taking the time to go to these conferences. And I'm going to flip this a second, Johnny. What if you are the speaker at a conference, right? What you can then do is go into your LinkedIn network, kind of do a, like maybe if you have Sales Navigator, you can actually do a, a geography, like a, a miles, a certain amount of miles or kilometers around your thing. And, and then do some outreach to people. Like if you're speaking, let's use realtors again, if you're speaking at a real estate conference, go into Sales Navigator, say, show me all my first degree network, who are realtors, who are within 25 miles of where I'm going to speak and reach out to them all and say, are you going to be at this conference? I'd love to see you in person. We've never met in person. Are we? The conference organizers love it because if people show up at the conference and say, I'm looking for Karen, Right. So they know that you brought people there and those are your buyers. Those are your buyers when they show up. Right. So there's just so many ways you can do this, but it's about thinking outside of the box and and building actual relationships with people. Yeah. And and it's so easy to stand out in a lot of the examples that you've uh, you've given. One of the things that you've mentioned, you've sort of glossed over a couple of times is um, the uh, I can't remember the word you use, but having a, a, a really you took it that you'd already have a good LinkedIn profile. That was sort of the basic. Yeah. And I just wanted to define what that is. I assume it's about branding it up, making it look right, making yeah. it have the right language, the right words. What are the things that, that in your mind make a, well, a you know, LinkedIn it's interesting. Profile? A lot of people think about LinkedIn, your profile as like an online resume and your resume is all about who you used to be, right? Your LinkedIn profile should be positioning you for the person you're stepping into. 
right? It should be the, your personal brand, not your resume. So there's the, the experience section, which is the most resume-like section. But you can also custom craft that. And I'm not saying I don't want you to make things up, but you also don't have to talk about everything you've ever done. Just <laughs> talk about the things that are relevant that build you up to what you're doing right now. You know, if, if what I did, I, was, I owned a company 25 years ago, and I did everything. In that company if what i was doing now is hr related what you would see on that is that i would talk about negotiating for health benefits and hiring and firing but i don't even talk about that even though i did that work because it's not relevant to what i'm doing now so even down to the experience section just kind of build the story of you up to where you are today and and then in your in your about section which is the hardest section to do but it is the section that is the most important you know, make that up, tell people about you, right? But use first person, make it story-ish, right? Like give them a story, make them what people want to read it. And remember that nobody cares about you. They care about what you can do for them, right? So I can go on and on. You will absolutely want to incorporate keywords into your profile because you want to think about what are people searching for on LinkedIn, which is a little different than on a search engine that you want to come up with in a search result. So you want to use pepper that pepper those words in there. Um, and I also think if we're talking to an audience of mostly entrepreneurs, I think an org or a creative or somebody that has a personal brand or a thought leader brand, I think you should be using creative uh, creator mode on LinkedIn. You should have your profile in LinkedIn creator mode, which is free and which gives us the opportunity to showcase what we create. And and that helps position you with that thought leader brand that we talked about. So creator mode is more for if you're going to be sharing content as well, yeah? Not necessarily, yes, but not necessarily. What it does is it positions you and anything you've created um, above your skills and stuff like that, right? So, so, it, but it, but it gives you opportunities. You get, you get the opportunity to do LinkedIn Lives. You get a LinkedIn newsletter opportunity. You get um, additional links that you can share to like your website or, you know, a, a lead magnet or something like that. Right. So it gives us more tools than, than traditional resume like type, normal LinkedIn, um, normal. Um, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but in terms of uh, frequently asked questions from the, the sort of demographic that we're talking about here, I can hear them saying, so how often should I be posting on LinkedIn and what should I be posting? I bet you well, get that question. The good news is you don't have to post a lot on LinkedIn. You don't. And and listen, the minute these words come out of my mouth, LinkedIn is going to change it. And maybe they changed it yesterday and I didn't know yet. Right. So you anybody that tells you and this is exactly how it works, don't believe them because it it's changed. It changes. But generally, um, there are people out there that like to do their they they like to count posts and count things. And I'm so grateful for them because they I learned from them. And the studies that they do when they count posts and count likes and count engagement is that more than once a day actually reduces your reach for each post. And that once a day doesn't necessarily have to even be your own content, right? Like, you know, if you are, um, you know, like this is out on my LinkedIn profile right now. So this is my once a day. I don't have to do anything, right? I just showed up to talk to you. So, so you know, at most once a day. Um, you know, if you're doing a few times a week, that's a beautiful thing too. I, again, I'm not too worried about how many people see my posts. I am I'm more concerned with 
who's on my calendar. But that being said, as you're starting to build out your network through all these people we talked about, the journalists, the podcast hosts, the people in your associations, you want to stay top of mind with them. So you do want to have consistent content going out, um, tagging people where you can. And if you're doing these things that we're talking about here, the content piece is going to come naturally. You don't have to create something fake. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this is very much about mindset. It's about confidence. It's about actually, you know, spinning it on its head and thinking, well, actually, you know, maybe they are interested in, in hearing from me. Mm -hmm. uh, I do I do know what I'm talking about. Um, and you've said it a couple of times, uh, thinking outside the box. So using opportunities, not just sharing an article, but tagging the the, uh, the, the the journalist. I mean, and what a great idea. With the journalist and telling them how much you loved their article and how much you loved what they wrote. Who doesn't want that? You know, it used to be, you know, years ago with the news, they would say things like, if it bleeds, it leads, right? Now they talk about if it's shareable, it's arable. So they, they, you know, especially journalists like NBC and things like that, they get, there's actually, I was at a, a new, a, a local uh, TV station here in New Jersey a couple of years, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe. And they have a, they have a leaderboard on the wall of social media posts and likes and engagement and shares and contents. They, they actually get like, they track that stuff. They want, they're tracking that stuff. So they, they're very happy when, when we're sharing their stuff and it fit, it fits right in. I also went to a, I saw a panel recently, um, and we, you know, we talked to like the, one of the questions that, and it was all New York, and I live right outside of New York City. So this was New York City journalists here. This was not like, you know, in the middle of nowhere. This is some of the, you know, biggest journalists in the world. And they were asked how, what's the best way to reach you if we have a story? And every one of them said social media. Every one of them said social media, you know, DM us on Twitter, DM us on Facebook or, or LinkedIn. So that's where they're getting this information. Their inboxes are crazy and they're you know they want they're 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 dynamic they're reaching they want us to reach out to them they need us to reach out to them uh karen you have definitely made people think uh and and i think it is reflecting on that mindset as you've said you've got your own podcast which we talked about the good girls get rich podcast mm -hmm. so if you are interested in listening to that podcast please do uh, Google it. You'll find it on your favorite podcasting platforms. You've got a uh, a group program uh, with quite a bit of a done for you element, and you do one to one work as well. Um, yeah. wh where do where should people find you? Uh, where do you obviously you hang out on LinkedIn? I do. Well, I'm at Karen Yankovic across all social media. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and you know, one of the questions you asked is like, what do I do if I don't know what to do? Well, I've answered that question. Um, we created an assessment. You can get the assessment at um, KarenYankovic.com/quiz or I think if you go to linkedinquiz.com, it'll take you there too. And it basically just will give ask a couple questions. And then based on your answers, whether you're more of like a white paper person or more of a relatable person, like kind of some things to get started, but also some things to look out for. So you can check that out. That's completely free. Um, and it gets you into our world. And if you want to learn more, there's all kinds of ways to learn more once you start getting, you know, you get an email or two about the about your results on that. But because I think mindset is so important, I've actually added a lot of fun things to that quiz. So it's not just the, you know, and here's your answer. We've, I've even created, um, this was a lot of fun, um, morning visualizations, depending on your type, to kind of just step into the day in a more confident, powerful way. 
way, depending on which type. So there's four different ones for the four different results. So we had a lot of fun things to that because I really want more women to understand that this is where the money is. And if you're not, if you're not sure where to start, I got you. I got you. Start with the quiz or reach out to me. There's all over my LinkedIn profile. There's ways to book a call on the calendar. You know, ask for help. I am here to help. Uh, we will put a link to that in the show notes, uh, but it is, as you said, karenyankovic.com forward slash quiz. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Karen, thank you so much. This was it's fun. Been, this was it, fun. Thanks it, for having me. It's been fun. It's been enlightening. You're clearly very passionate about it, um, but <laughs> which I love. You know, I'm I'm passionate about this sort of stuff as well. Um, but it's, it's really given uh, uh, people something to think about. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the show, let us know. Reach out. Tag us. Uh, and, um, and please do tell your friends and share. This has been Johnny Ross, Fractional CMO, with Karen Yankovic, uh, the LinkedIn queen, I'm going to call you. Uh, well, I'll accept that. <laughs> we'll see you all soon. Take care. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye.